This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Tom Lee Hockey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind us, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio vaccination so i'm feeling uh, not uh, not letting my guard down but i'm feeling a little bit better great and because i i think from last year it's going in the right direction this year and uh, for a lot of reasons sure and uh, so yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm uh, doing good and we're keeping the ball rolling here at the afl cio and and uh, doing a lot of good things joe well i'll tell you it's been a while since you and i have been on a broadcast uh, great you know kind of um a busy time obviously um with the election obviously we have a new president and and um a lot of great things you know uh, you know happening in in, in regards to uh, the nlrb and um it's just a totally different scene now there's some some other issues as well but um just a, a, a different atmosphere obviously coming from washington in regards to labor oh there's a lot of optimism i mean you know, this election, as crazy as everything is, and, and you still see it going on with what's going on in Georgia, right here in our own state. I sure. mean, uh, we have the Republicans here because the, they, you know, Act 77 was their baby, and now they don't like the way it worked because somebody else won. Sure. And so they're trying to change it. You know, it's it's kind of a sad situation for people who represent us that, you know, it's kind of like uh, we played football on the block, you know, and uh, the kid who brought the football is not going to play the key position, so right, he's, he's going not. to take the football. Well, that's what the Republicans are doing, and it's sad because it's it's lives that they're playing with. Talk and, about you know, Act 77 for the listener. Well, I mean, I, I can't break, you know, it's been so long now, but it, what it did was open up voting. It opened up voting by mail. It opened all the things that we're doing. Now, they're claiming that it was stretched, you know, sure. it went a little bit further. It, what, what happened was that they took a position they gave folks to, to mail-in voting, and then it was hard enough, it was very hard to get the vote where it had to go. And many of the people who are being, you know, being right now being uh, going to be denied voting uh, rights because of the way they're doing things in different places, not the least being here in Pennsylvania, but it made it more available to people to vote. And, you know, all it, the craziness, their states have been doing this for years. It's interesting about that because, um, 
you know, there obviously there was a you know with the pandemic and all, and it was it was uh, you know a necessary situation, obviously. However, uh, you know, and we won't delve too far in it, but my God, um, we had uh, the the individuals on on the city committee. Um, on the bro, uh, you know, Lisa Marie Dealey, uh, you know, we had, uh, we, we, they were on the show several times. And I, I it, it reminds me, and I don't, this is kind of a, the, the Kennedy assassination. I say that only in that if it was that big of a conspiracy that no one broke, like literally regular people would risk their entire lives to fraud an election. Regular general people, not one person came to came out and, and, and said, oh, yeah, no, we were told to do these crazy. So, yes, I mean, and uh, yeah, the one person in the county. Who, who tried to vote for a dead person was a Republican. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so they it's it's really trying to, like, pick the, the wings off a fly or something like yeah. that, you know, because it, it's just so sad that while they're doing all this, the good stuff that they could be partnering with us, getting jobs for people. Sure. I mean, you know, every president that I can go back and remember until, until you go back to, you know, the New Deal is always going to start infrastructure. This country's falling apart. The one thing that will take drugs off the streets and guns out of the streets is have people go to work. And the one way that people can go to work is make jobs available to them. I mean, if you look at Philadelphia, you know, it's almost like people brag about us being the poorest city in the country. It's sad. It's because of the jobs. I mean, they look, I I, can remember they were talking about 6% unemployment. Well, guess what? Folks who didn't finish high school in Philadelphia is probably 25% unemployment. Folks who finished high school who maybe didn't get the kind of education they should, that's probably around 12 or 15% unemployment when everybody's talking about that. So it, the sad part about it is we got all these folks in the state of Pennsylvania, especially we have too many. They don't, even, they don't, they have to find something to do. I think the, their per diem is, uh, it's the only way they can keep it up, you know, but, but, you know, to, to spend all this energy and time to take votes, will get away from people who voted properly, who voted the way they wanted to vote. And by the way, the president of the United States voted by mail at the, who was the president at the time. So it's, 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 it, I, I think it's sad what they did in Georgia. I mean, you can't get a clearer case in Georgia. That state didn't go the way they wanted, so they're going to change the game. Sure. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm starting to think the baseball is doing that with the, you know, seven innings and, right, right. you know, <laughs> you start out on second base and all. There's a tradition here we're playing. But, right. But this is so serious. And, you know, there's a ray of, uh, of hope now for people uh, coming through this terrible time. People have to remember and think about this. There's folks out there that the right wing will say, well, they just want to sit on unemployment. No, they're waiting to go back to their job that they've had for 15, 20 years. You know what's sad, Joe? That job might not be there after they've waited all this time because this new vague thing of working from home and the kinds of things that have changed and all these things that have changed. You're going to have people competing with those folks who have been out of work forever with folks who are going to be out of work now because their job's not there. And so... Being able to start a new, I mean, listen, the, the clean air programs. Yeah. We have, and you know this, you, you know, you've had John Bland on, on your program. Sure, plenty. There's the boilermakers and the insulators and the fitters lost thousands of jobs because the refineries closed up. Right. And now there's, there's talk about what we're going to have down there. It's years before there's any jobs. I'll down. tell you, you know, it's you very know? interesting. And Ed, one, one of the, um, 
but it, it, it's great to have the air of optimism in labor uh, and, and, and to have a platform. Um, at the same time, you, you, you look at what happened down at the refinery. They accepted the lowest bid by $25 million and then they and then they lessened it more. Um, you know, you, there's listen, the one thing when, when you talk to the, to the boilermakers um, and, and uh, you know, the Jimmy Snell uh, as well and all those guys, they're not anti-environment. They're completely for the environment. We all live in this world. That's a fact. But you can't do the baby, throw the baby out with the bathwater. You have um, fossil fuels that are a huge part of even the green energy um, initiative. And so, um, you know, and, and sometimes I think to myself, I mean, the, the, the environmentalists, and by the way, the, you know, we support the environment, um, but do they think we're stupid or why? It, it, you know, it's like the, the, the elephant in the room. Do you not realize that there are 5,000 to 6,000 products that have fossil fuels in them? Do they not hear about carbon capture? Do they, I mean, let, you talk to the, uh, John Bland, you talk to um, all the all the Boilermakers, international people. These people care about the environment. They just don't think it's necessary to just, they want to be part of the solution. Joe, listen, when, when the green movement, the green-blue movement, all that movement started, I was one of the first ones in City Hall when they had their first meeting. I work with those folks, you know, the uh, uh, clean air folks. I'm part, you know, Joe Manat and I with the Clean Air Council. We've, we've been friends for years. We talk about issues. We talk, we're talking right now about what is the cleanup that Hilco's doing down there? Is it, doing, is it cleaning up? Is it cleaning up the percentage? Because, you know, as time goes by, folks aren't paying attention as much. You know, they're not paying attention. Well, you know, what are they doing? All of a sudden, you'll see Bill Buildings start rising up, and nobody will know what's under them. Yeah. And, and so there has to be people watch the store. By the same token, as you said, we have to be conscious that people are going getting out of jobs. So if, if, we could, if we could start up a windmill manufacturing here tomorrow to take those thousands of jobs from, from the uh, refinery and put them there, okay, fine. But, you know, when, when I sat down with a lot of folks who, who were working on it then, talking about just uh, 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 how you would do storm drains, storm drains, storm rain systems that would have penetrated concrete. So, so there'd be different ways for the water to dissipate before and even be purified. Some. There's a lot of things we did. Uh, that doesn't put us them and us, and but right, there has exactly. to be some conscious conscious effort to keep people working while we're making these transitions. And I'm hoping that uh, the kinds of folks that uh, President Biden is going to put in charge of these things will be that forward thinking people. And interesting enough, uh, you know, so we had John Fultz on, who's the international vice president on the, the East Coast sector of the boilermakers, and they just want to work together. They said, when did it? When did um, it became like you just said? us against them we there's ways to do this and the other thing is we have um we have a massive um you know our economy it's a major economy hit number one number two major jobs hit and number three it doesn't make sense in other words you're going to destroy and by the way it's and i said this an environmental cancel culture in certain senses where you're destroying an entire industry and not working together to do these things it's just an odd odd thing and obviously we're working we're all we're all shouting to the top of our lungs to work together joe if we if we work together on things listen stop and think you you could gain more in the environment by energy conservation in the very buildings that we're building and the buildings that we have. 
I mean, I know our folks at the insulators. I mean, they, they're schooling all the time to see how much insulation can have to do with the change of energy. Because you waste more energy in a, in a typical building than you do, you know, uh, in a, a powerhouse, for crying out loud. Sure. You know, I mean, of course, there's, there's, that's a conflict there. But, but if you think about it, uh, you know, President Obama put millions of dollars into weatherization and those kinds of things. There was all kinds of training. Jobs were going to be jobs all over the place. There weren't any jobs because the people who needed the weatherization, they couldn't afford to pay for it. The folks whose houses are, are need, you know, either a new heater or windows to be fixed, they couldn't afford to pay for it. So how you, you tra- we trained all these people to have no jobs. You know, I, I even go back, you know, I hate to, hate to, because I'm so much in history, but I go back to the asbestos industry. When, in, the, in the 80s, when we were trying to get asbestos done and do it properly to, to get buildings clean, we had and still have one of the finest schools in the country. We worked with folks to get the finest uh, asbestos laws here in Philadelphia. People like uh, Drexel Institute were selling training for asbestos with no jobs. Right, exactly. I mean, so, and, and, I'm, and I'm here to criticize people, just that we rush to things. And, you know, this seems like a simple answer. There's nothing simple. It's complex. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to have more from the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause in the President's Hour with Pat Iding after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of the Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And welcome back, everyone, to the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We do hope that you're enjoying uh, your holiday weekend. And thanks for listening to the Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back to J. Doc, who's one-on-one tonight with the president of the AFL-CIO. All right, thanks, Joe. Uh, Pat, you know, great conversation. I I, uh, I know you want to re- reflect a little bit now, if you would. Yeah, I, I, wanna, I certainly want to be on a, a little bit po- positive side uh, some of the history is not positive, but uh, we, we just came through Women's History Month. And, and I have to tell you, here in Philadelphia, we have some great ladies doing some great work. I oh, mean, yeah. the, the clue, clue is, uh, you know, Corrine uh, Parker's headed up Clue. They're doing some great work. Uh, Thelma Clemens in my, my office here is also the chapter head of uh, A. Philip Randolph. And uh, she also co-chairs with uh, 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 Esteban Vera. Uh, our Civil and Human Rights Committee. We have a Civil and Human Rights Committee that meets bi-weekly, not monthly, to see how we can help in the community to change some of the thing, the fears and the things that are going on with prejudice and uh, those kinds of things. We also want to respect the fact that we need the police because that's who we're going to call when we have a problem. Uh, so this committee that she heads up and also the chapter and, you know, uh, Nicole Fuller. Nicole Fuller. Nicole Fuller, who was with me for so many years as our as our uh, labor liaison with United Way and did so many great things in the community and the schools. She's with Philippos now doing a great job. Great but job. She, she's never given up on us here. And her involvement, along with the other folks I mentioned, with women in non-traditional trades, Wentz, I think is the way they, they term it, it's been fantastic work. It's work that the critics, people who criticize uh, you know, there's no women in the trades, and they don't realize that it's a, it's a it's a it's it's a workout to make sure that women want to be in the trades. Number one, and if they do, make sure it's available. And these these folks are doing great work. And you know, like Clue on you know Korean election time, uh, going out and my, just getting people to vote, not for a Democrat or Republican, getting people to vote. And and you know, there's some great work. So 
I yeah, by the way, we, we, we had Nicole Fuller on, and she uh, and she uh, brought uh, a couple of the women from uh, I think Local ninety eight, and I I forget the other union. Uh, they're in the trades, and they were absolutely the incredible. Transportation workers, I think, are involved. Oh, she yeah. got a couple ladies from Chicago, I believe, that were started. So, and that's ongoing, and they're doing that with Philadelphia Works. That's a program that's going on. So that's great. But it, it, it just to point out that, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's a month that came and went in, in a time that's been crazy. And I didn't I wasn't on the radio in a time that I could bring it up. So I didn't want to pass without recognizing the great woman. You know, uh, when the great that great shirt, the shirt factory that burnt down 100 years ago, uh, you know, of the 146 people, only 23 of them were men. The rest of them were ladies and young girls. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly, they were they were in there and that thing. So that's I want to give them all the credit in the world. I, I, I know I've missed some folks. Well, we've got some but, great uh, labor leaders, also uh, uh, women who are who are running unions. Um, you know, one, one of the great ones is is, is in this building. Um, uh, Workers Lynn United. Fox. Oh my God, Lynn Fox. It, she she's pulled more things together with the with the union that at one time was probably the biggest, especially in the city of Philadelphia. You know, uh, the needle trades were the biggest union you could find, whether it be the you know the uh, uh, ladies garment workers, or, but you know all around us, Joe, and and, and where our offices, that all the, the all those buildings instead of being condos, they used to make suits. You know, yeah. after six, Botany five hundred, and Lynn's dad, Lynn Lynn. Lynn Fox's dad, John, Mr. Fox, John Fox, was quite a guy, and I had the uh, I had the pleasure of working with him when I first got elected here for the early years I was here. Um, impeccable, and he he would uh, you know he came from the world where they made suits, and John Fox came to work every day, suit and tie. And checked my dress out every day when I first started here to make sure I was dressed properly. And right. so people ask me today, you know, you're still dressed with a suit and tie. Nobody else is. Even during the pandemic, I said, well, you got to blame John Fox. It's his fault. <laughs> well, he, you know. It's interesting, though, because we had Lynn on and to, 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 to talk about somebody who's impressive, Pat, and she loves you to death. She, uh, you know, and that because uh, we, we, we talked about, you know, the leadership here in Philadelphia, of course, uh, spearheaded by yourself and. Um, having said that, uh, she is, I believe, the CEO of a bank of, of the uh, 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 of the bank that they uh, run. They also have a credit union. I mean, yeah. I mean, and she runs a national union. Yes, and she's also, yes. I think, the head of the Jewish Labor Committee, or she's at least a board member on it. She was the head. I don't know if she's still the head, or she might have stepped down to a board member because she's got amalgamated so life, right? Amalgamated bank, yeah. Amalgamated bank, yeah. yeah. I mean, and the, and the insurance company also, right? And so, and, and, and so, having said that, I said to her, she, "You're not busy much, are you?" You know what I mean? It's a, it was, but she was so impressive on air. I just Joe Krause and I looked at each other. We're like, okay, we're already planning on on booking her. Uh, she's kind of like Bruce Springsteen, though, because she's so busy to like once every. You can only get her so often. But let me tell you, what a pleasure! First of all, I go back with Lynn a long way because she started out with the who I think was the premier labor lawyer in the city, Bernie Katz. And Bernie Katz was a lawyer and a friend who probably tutored me in my reckless days of uh, being head of the union at 30-some years old and thought that uh, I could win the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we find out every once in a while you trip. But along the way, I met this young lady and who happened to be Lynn Fox. 
who I believe was uh, was carrying her firstborn at at the time. And uh, she, by the way, she mentioned she mentioned that when she started off talking about women's issues that yeah. you talked and uh, how far and some of the issues that she talked about were, you know, childcare and 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 things where yeah. she said, look, back then, I, I was afraid to say something. Because I, you know, my my, you know, if I had, if my kids were sick or something like that, I had to say, you know, I was I was hesitant to tell, obviously, the truth of what was going on because it was so difficult for women. And she was a lawyer. I mean, she bright, very bright. Lady. Oh yeah. And and so uh, what happened is her dad headed up the Unite organization. Her dad, by the way, took all the different needle trade unions, you know, the textile workers and the ladies' garment, put them all in one to call it Unite. And then, you know, when her dad got uh, a little bit, of course, he never got old. He was, even <laughs> to the day he passed, he wasn't old. He was sharp. But he, uh, you know, Lynn come over to take over. And and uh, what a fantastic transition for working people because not only was she a strong leader and a strong person, but she was smart yeah. and a lawyer. You know, it's it's kind of and great she, composition. And she know? grew up in, in in that environment when she understood workers' rights. Yeah. She cared about them, um, and that to me, we, we a great example of why our leadership in, in, in our Philadelphia region is so committed. Um, I know you're you're you know you only have fifty more years to go, Pat, and so we're all fortunate <laughs> about that. But uh, well said. I mean, there's you know certainly we we're very fortunate to have the great women of 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 labor, and not to mention um, those you know like but, uh, your your wife uh, who's you know who's who's uh, was was uh, integral at the building trades, and, and I, I, she just retired. Years, but, yeah, she just retired. God bless her. But God John, bless me, baby. <laughs> well, John Doherty uh, gave her a huge. Huge shout out! Talked about what what an integral part of the success up there. That and so we all we all continue to give her the. Uh, she was her and her and Pat Gillespie were quite a team. And and uh, you're talking about professionalism. You know, we go back in the day with construction workers were, you know, hard crusted guys and sure. that kind of stuff. You know, uh, when Pat, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but when Pat Gillespie came to the building trades, he changed the whole structure. All of a sudden, he was on boards, you know, right. big boards in the city, and you know that, and we all. All kind of learn from that and realize that we're part of the community, so we got to put back, you know. And people say to me, "How many boards you want?" But they're nonprofit boards for the most part. They're boards that we can help people, help kids. Sure, you know, maybe maybe uh, we have a vo- we have a voice exactly. And and it, you know, I always say, if you're not at the table, you're knocking at the door. So, you know, that's that's you know, I don't want to go, but the hats off to the ladies, uh, you know, uh, and the trade that Lynn. Uh, represents now along with you know workers united but the, the, the other trades if you think back to that uh, that 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 terrible terrible thing that happened in the uh, the the shirt wage job i think it was called with all those women oh, yeah. they were all women that worked in those trades and i worked in a summer in a textile mill here in philadelphia and mostly everybody did the what 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 the piecework that was there fixing the cloth and all that kind of, they're all women you know, I think I, I was the I was a young boy and one man is the only thing on the whole floor of that place. So sure. it's 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 a great history. I'm glad they the folks got recognized the way they should. The ladies got recognized the way they should. Absolutely. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. This is the fastest hour in radio, flat out. Um, we're going to have more from the President's Hour with Pat Iding after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And as we come back to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, one quick reminder... 
the 34th annual All-Star Labor Classic scheduled for Sunday, April 18th. We'll have details and a very special show coming up, J-Doc, on the 17th of April, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All right, thanks, Joe. Uh, certainly, we're, we're here and enjoying our conversation with uh, President of Philadelphia Council, AFL-CIO Pat Eiding. Uh, and a lot going on. Uh, Pat, um, talk to us. Well, listen, there's a lot going on locally, uh, I, uh, but I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, all the great things that can happen for working people because of the election we had last November. And uh, not the least being a gentleman by the name of Marty Walsh, who just got approved as Secretary of Labor. Uh, Marty Walsh was the mayor of Boston, but prior to that, he was he's a labor leader. He led, led the laborers up in, in the city of Boston in that area. Uh, I, I had very fortunate enough to be up there at a convention and meet him and have a chance to talk to him for a minute. But I'm really excited. I, I'm excited that we finally have somebody who can relate to labor, to working people. He's one of us. and He's one of us. And I, I think what's important for people to understand, we're not just talking about organized labor. We're talking about folks out there, especially during these tough times of the pandemic, who realize they wish they had somebody representing them. They wish they had the benefit of a collective bargaining agreement. So, you know, at the leadership of, of, of Secretary Walsh, with the other folks he's going to appoint, that'll give us a comfort level, but we still need the laws that are so antiquated. And I've said this publicly before, we have the worst labor laws in the free world in this country. Right. The, the laws were all pro-company, all pro-business. And so uh, we have something working now called the PRO Act, and it's the protection of the right of folks to organize is basically what it is. Uh, it passed the House, Joe, and uh, five Republicans, fortunately from around here, a couple from New Jersey, uh, of course, Fitzpatrick, uh, voted with us. One Democrat, guess where? Texas. Now, could that surprise you? But anyway, one Democrat votes against it. It's, it's in the hands of the Senate now. And uh, it, this, this piece of legislation can do so much for working people. And I, again, I'm not talking about my local union and my council that we've already got the benefit of collective bargaining. We've got to fight to hold it all the time, sure, especially in a state like Pennsylvania where right-wing thinking up there wants to take things away from us. I mean, my God, we pass legislation for workers here in the city that uh, folks don't have, like, you know, paycheck protection and, uh, you know, sick leave and those. And the folks upstate want to take it off of well, us. Well, it's interesting, you know? Pat, because when you, we talked about the PRO Act and the, finally it makes... You know, the, the, what people don't understand is, and, and you, we've talked about it many times, uh, the paycheck protection and the, um, and the right to work. These are deceptive terms, okay, um, that you would think any normal human being walking down the street would uh, you know, say, oh, my God, why wouldn't I be for the right to work? It really means the right to work for less. But one of the things that people don't understand that the PRO Act is really going to help is the, the intimidation factor. The fact, I, I watched, I was on a Zoom uh, Rick Blumendale and, uh, and, and Frank Snyder had a, from the PAAFLCO, did a, a, a Zoom that the public could go into. So I, to talk about the, the intimidation factors um, that uh, happens. So let's, for example, a hospital organizes now all this okay you you know say okay the, you get you get the vote everybody the employees work real hard to, to to but then they don't get a contract the company delays or the intimidation uh factors that go on and 
now now there's accountability if they with the pro act there'll be there's already fines or nothing now there'll be fines where you know where the where the, those tactics will no longer be uh you know not only going on notice but but going there won't be going without a major penalty Joe, I mean, you know, we just we just talked about women's history, but Maureen May, who represents the nurses, and I, I have great respect for the nurses, uh, when they're out fighting, uh, they're not out fighting for more dollars. They're fighting for more ways to be able to take care of their patients. It's that kind of thing. Yep. I, I, let me just take a quick, and I'll bore everybody with some of these things, but the act, if we got it passed, would prevent employers from interfering in union elections. It would prohibit prohibit employers from requiring workers to attend anti-union meetings. It removes prohibition on, on workers acting in solidarity with the workers at other workplaces. It protects workers who engage in peaceful protest acts with their fellow workers. It creates a mediation and arbitration process to ensure newly formed unions reach a first contract. Prevents employers from misclassifying their workers as independent contractors, which you know from the from the trades. Sure. Authorizes meaningful penalties for employers that violate workers' rights, and disclose con- contracts that will with consultants hired to persuade employees on how to exercise their rights. So, in effect, it takes this right to work comment that goes out all over sure. the place that everybody tries to put the, you know, the, that's a good thing because of the way it sounds. It's ridiculous. But it, it takes away and gives the workers, not the folks who are over the union, it gives the workers who want to have representation the right to do that without having the threat of losing their job. I mean, the stuff that's going on right now uh, down in Alabama is just, you know, it's with with Amazon. Amazon. It's just, you know, the stuff that they've been doing to try to stop this is, is unbelievable. And so the, the PRO Act doesn't give anybody a, 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 you know, a golden goose. It gives people the right to be, be represented, and it gives people the right to stand up. And you know what it gives this country? It gives country, this country a, 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 second, a third group of people, not just the poor and the rich, but the middle-income people, the people who are out there working every day. It gives them a right and a voice. And, and so I have to tell you, it's going to be a hard job to get the Senate because you know the numbers in the Senate are not as good. But if, if the Senate would look at it similar to the House, where five Republicans voted with us, you know, and, and possibly think the same way, we could come, we could come together with, with uh, something in this country that would be better for the employers. They would have a more even work field. They wouldn't compete with somebody else who's, who's, who's hiding people in the cellars and, oh, yeah, and paying it's funny, slave wages. You right. Know? It's, it's funny because um, – that, that's the key, you know. With 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 union, you get better training, you get a, a more united workforce, and at the same time, you get a quality product. We're not sitting here trying to, you know, organize just because we don't want to be, because right. you know, we want to be worse. We want to be better than everybody else, and that's a big point. You got a great point there about the employers. And here in the city, I mean, there, there's a whole other conversation here that we're working with folks, not the least like uh, Catherine, you know, Gilmore Richardson, with, with with things to try to help folks understand the apprentice programs, not only in the trades, but, you know, the city waterworks. Uh, there's apprentice programs there in the city jobs. There's apprentice program. We have a, a, a need for people down at the Philadelphia shipyard now oh, yeah. for a thousand workers. Yeah. And the apprentice program has opened up there. And what we're trying to do with Councilwoman Richardson is try to, met, to let the folks know she'll do a what she calls a labor session a, a couple times a month. And she'll bring folks from the various unions to explain to the public 
what it is to take a test, what that particular trade is about, some of the history of that trade, to make it more open in a conversation for to help people get jobs. And, and you know, we've, we, you know, I've been, I know myself personally and others that we've been working with different groups trying to make not only easier for folks to be able to pass the test and get there, but coming out of high school, be better prepared. Yeah, I you mean, know, that, these are all things we have to work together on. The PRO Act would make it, uh, you know, and, and I just feel that, with employers and workers working together, yeah, it's so much better for this economy. And if we're able to get this president to move, uh, again, he's got that Senate to think about, move some of the infrastructure stuff that he's talking about, we could put people to work in some great jobs and we could help them be in those jobs. So we can help kids that have dropped out of school get back in school and kids that have graduated that need a little help. You know, uh, there's so many things that we're doing out there together. Well, it's interesting also. You mentioned um, the uh, worker uh, classification, you know, the the, uh, subcontractor, the misclassification. We've talked about that several times, and uh, that's a big issue where, uh, you know, an an employer will – so they don't have to pay the benefits. um, They'll, you know, misclassify a worker as a a, – as a general contractor, therefore they can just give them a, a check without anything in it, and and at the same time, but they but they require them to be in work, wear a uniform, do all the same thing an employee would do, and so that's uh, you know we're fighting very hard. Hey, Joe, what what the that. other employer who's paying a fair? Rate, oh yeah, who's paying money and paying benefits, whether it's just health care, whatever it is, it's an unfair advantage to them. I mean, if we put a balanced playing field, it's fair, it's better for them, and then their expertise t- takes hold. They, if they're doing better, it's because they're doing better, not because they paid somebody uh, 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 meager wages or gave them no benefits or maybe their conditions on a job are so bad. And, you know, if the player, employer thinks about it, and I have to tell you, here in Philly, when we're working on a couple things called recharge here in Philly, working with the chamber and Philadelphia Works, that conversation is taking place. And you're finding more folks who, who are corporate people, employer-type people, are realizing that if you keep paying somebody $7 an hour, all you're doing is putting it back on the unemployment. Oh, my rate. God, yeah. They have to be able to, to, to come up and get it to a livable wage that's, you know, uh, it's not even working poor. Seven, it's, it, you know, working poor is almost $15 an hour. You, 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 know? you, you, you work 40 hours a week at $7 an hour. You're on, you know, you're on benefit welfare for crying out loud you cannot uh, you know that that doesn't do anything for for uh, our economy and it absolutely does uh, you know it, it 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 hurts us and so i totally agree with that you want to you want to make people healthy pay them, a, pay them a living wage and let them you know ben, you know benefit personally and with their families they won't be on uh, public assistance and uh, at the same time the economy uh, does well and if they respect you as an employer they're going to work harder for you. Absolutely. So, I mean, if they if they can go home and, and put decent clothes on their kids and, and not have to worry about where the next meal's coming from or whether they can take their, their son and daughter to the to the hospital, and if the employer is doing something to help that, there's a mutual respect that takes place, and it shows in production. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we are going to have more from the President's Hour and Pat Iding after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IATSE Local 8, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. Today's program has been pre-recorded. One segment to go on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause, a very special one-hour broadcast tonight. J-Doc and the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Oddie. All right, thanks, Joe. Uh, Pat, uh, certainly uh, a lot going on in the community, uh, so much uh, you know, with with COVID being as it is, and and uh, a lot, yeah, obviously the vaccine's a big deal. Um, 
tell her, give us some thoughts on that. Well, you know, Joe, um, the times have been really tough, crazy times. But uh, I think in, in the labor movement here in Philadelphia, uh, you've seen so much effort to be part of the community, whether it's it's helping hand out food. You know, in the early early days of the pandemic here in this building, well, my building rather, not here, but in my building, uh, Lynn Fox again, Lynn Fox and Workers United, and we panned together with a lot of other unions to put food out every Saturday morning for many, for I don't know how many months in the early part of it. Uh, just not too long ago, uh, about a week or so ago, uh, we were uh, our own Michael Colbert, uh, Cogbill rather, uh, who is our organizing coordinator, who does a great job uh, election time and many other things, and he's a bright young man. So he came to me. Um, actually, it was like 10 o'clock at night he came to me and said, uh, uh, you know, we'd we like to partner with the NAACP and, and Rite Aid to give out vaccine. And I and I answered back and said, uh, Mike, give me a minute to get into tomorrow morning because, <laughs> you know, we had to check with other people. And we did. I, you know, we, we mentioned Lynn Fox a minute ago, and the first call I put out was Lynn Fox, who's we were together in this in the building down there, and uh, you know there was no hesitation for Lynn Fox. Can we help do this? So, sure. within days, within days, uh, uh, Joan Eiding, who works here at the AF, AFL CIO, and her daughter, they put a, a program together working with the uh, uh, NAACP and and also Rite Aid. Uh, Michael included, and they put a program here that was fantastic. They converted uh, our home down there at 22nd Street uh, as clean as possible and set up as as, uh, clearly as possible to be able to take care of people. And in many cases, folks who having a hard time, like right next door to us, the folks in the apartment house, many of them are, are, uh, are Asian folks who, uh, who are older, other folks sure. are older and, and maybe not getting there. So we put it together. And the end result was uh, in two days, we gave out over 1,200 vaccinations. Wow. And we were able to grab, and, and even our goal was we will not let one of these things go to waste. So if we have to go knock down the street on a door, we're going to make sure. And so I, I just got to have hands out. And I, I won't try to mention everybody because it's, it's sad when you forget somebody. But Michael for bringing it to us. Michael for staying with it. And by the way, uh, two days, another a day after we got done for two days, uh, he he partnered with again NAACP and Salvation Army up in Nice Town to do two more days. And so it was just it was just it. And so I, I got interviewed from the folks who were who were putting something together for I believe for Rite Aid. I'm not even sure because you know everything goes fast in my world. I go mm-hmm. from one thing to the other. And so the question was asked to me, so why, you know, why, why are, why is the AFLCO council being involved in the, in this? And I thought for a minute and I said, well, you know, one of the, one of the things that we say around here is that, you know, we're part of the community. In fact, we also say we are the community. We live here, we work here. And so the things that we can do as a community, uh, you know, un- unlike folks who just look at us because we have a rat or that we're fighting for our rights, it's not always that. It's what we can do. And I have to tell you, I'm so proud of everybody who put this together the other week. Um, to see the folks who came through, I was talking to a young lady whose son had some difficulties and said she's been called all over trying to get him a, a vaccinated. And, you know, it, w- it was just really great. Uh, 
Letter carriers. Letter carriers are out there all the time, knocking yeah. on doors, talking to people, and they're not. They weren't on a special list to go get it. So some of those folks were able to get it. Um, some folks from next door were able to come over. And Lynn Fox's folks. A lot of her folks are, are folks who work in some tough places, uh, laundries and things like that. So it's just one of those things, Joe, that folks don't realize. You know, we do have our Working Families Partnership, which is the board is made up half half labor leaders and half community leaders. Well, you know? well one of one of the things that's uh, it's really my favorite part of really this whole show that we've been doing for six seven years is that it's the one comment that you make and you make it all the time. And if people take one thing from this broadcast, it should it should and that is. We care about people, even if, you know, whether they have a collective bargaining agreement or not. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that whether you're in a union or not, we care about the community. You hear it from the head, the head guy right here, and you've been hearing it for seven years. To me, that really is, 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 it gives you an idea of what, what labor is about. And here we are in one of the top, well, I like to say the top region in America, um, that's a that's always been important to you, uh, absolutely. And I and I think that I think you know that that comment that I made and, and we've made it before. And I have to tell you, our, our national president makes that comment. You know, when when we when we jumped in with the civil and human rights committees, they started one at the national, one at the state, and of course, I'm proud of the one we have here. So, but it's all about the community. It's it's not trying to point fingers. You know, our committee has interviewed people from the state senators, state house people, the city council people, uh, uh, the, the head of the FOP came here to talk about, uh, you know, we've had folks from the national come in and talk about folks in areas across the country. We're trying to see where we can help. Yeah. We don't have all the answers. You're not sitting there saying, well, I want to see your union card. That's right. Because I don't want to have somebody because their, their skin is colored to be stopped by an officer either. But I also want to make sure, like, you know, we have situations here all the time where we, who are we going to call? Right. We have to call those officers. We have and, to bring in people know. together. And uh, there's a balance there. And, and you know, we got to give the people the equipment and the people to do things that they have to do to take care of people. I mean, the, the poor guy that got that, that shot by a police officer here in Philadelphia last year, had the policeman had a taser, maybe he would still be here. Right. I don't know that answer, but that's what we're trying to find out because, as I said a minute ago, we can't be part of the community unless we work with the community. And that's what we're trying to do, and, and uh, well, that's I hope why folks that, take a look at us. And, you know? and that's why they, they, you know, we say and, and, and they say labor is the voice of the working class and, and even the, the, the class that you know, needs a, a hand up. I mean, we're, we're, for, we're, we're for working people and for all people, and, and uh, which is why I'm obviously proud to be a part of the, the labor movement. Pat, we got about two minutes, um, and yet I know um, certainly uh, it's been a while since we've been on the air together. Uh, take us home. Well, I, I think we, we can't forget where we are. I think the president's doing the best he can to bring us back. Uh, what I would say to people uh, and, and I've been fortunate, as I said earlier in the show, to have my vaccinations. But I still wear a mask wherever I go, and I still respect everybody else because of that. And I ask the people, don't let your guard down. We're we're on the verge of being able to come out to this some sort of normal, whatever that is. And you know, I like the president's idea that you know by by the end of the summer we'll be back to some sort of normal where we can shake hands and who knows. But in the meantime, even if you have the vaccine. Make sure you continue to respect what's out there. This is a killer. 
Make no bones about it. It's a killer. So uh, that, that's, I think, what I would leave everybody and, and let everybody know. Uh, we care about everybody, whether they have a collective bargaining or not. We know that. But make sure everybody pays. We want everybody to pay attention. And don't let your guard down. Let's come out of this together. And uh, we won wars together. We can win this one together. Absolutely. Well, Pat, it, it, it's uh, obviously great to be back. It's great to have, uh, uh, you know, great to be doing the show again. And I want to thank you, all, as always, for your leadership. Um, you know, that it, 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 it's uh, one of the primary reasons why the Philadelphia uh, area labor community is, is top in the nation. So, And, have, by the way, have a great holiday uh, tomorrow. It's, it's a, a big day for everybody. Special day. Absolutely. All right, Joe, uh, take us home, my friend. That's going to do it for this night of labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of all of our guests who were part of the show tonight, Pat Eiding and, of course, uh, John Doherty and everybody else who participated on this holiday weekend, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSCME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. And he says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys.